house five miles out of town Got myself a gal named Sue Treats me really fine Yes, she's my baby And I love her all the time It takes a worried, worried man To sing a worried, worried song It takes a worried, worried man To sing a worried, worried song It takes a worried man To sing a worried song Nineteen fifty-nine, worried man, and I brought them along today because I want them to help me introduce a short uh, two-part series entitled "Dangerous Extremes." What are you worrying about today? You see, worry steals the peace and the purpose right out of our lives. You need to be reminded that we only live here once, so don't worry yourself to death. We're going to read a verse of Scripture from a couple, actually, before it's done, we're going to read from three different translations so we can get the full impact. We're going to read our text verse this morning, Proverbs 12 and verse 25. And I say we because I'm expecting you to join me, and I'm asking you to please help me as we read together this one verse from, uh, by the way, this is the New King James Version, and then we're going to another. So let's go, verse 25, read with me. Anxiety in the heart of man causes, I'm going to read that again. Anxiety in the heart of man, but a good word makes it. There's somebody in this room right now, I don't know who, and I don't know why, but you need that verse. And you need to write it down, or you need to get it off the screen in front of you so you make sure you get the right reference or whatever and the right words. Because anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Long before medical science ever tried to figure it out and they're still working on that, God had it already in his word. But a good word makes it glad. Now, just get ready to read again. We're going to stay right at Proverbs 12, right at verse 25. This is the New Living Translation would you read this with me? Worry weighs a person down. What does worry do? Weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person. You have two directions there. You've got the down direction and you've got the up direction. And the choice is all yours. Worry weighs a person down. And an encouraging word Cheers a person up. Part one, a title, message entitled, A Worried Mess. It needs prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've left us with great advice. We're not left without instruction. We're not left without direction. We're not left without a word on these things that so beset us. 
and drive a wedge between you and us? No, we're here today to look at your word and to look at it with a different eye and a different mind and a different heart and a different spirit so that when we walk out of here today, we're going to walk out a different person. And so we ask you to fully immerse us so that we're listening, not just with our ears, but also with our hearts. And we'll give you the praise for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. A lot of this is going to be personal today. And when I say it's personal, it means I'm making personal reference. But when I say that, I'm also making personal reference for you. That way I don't have to name names, but you know who you are and where you are. Because I don't. I don't know about you, but for me, I spent way too much of my short life worrying. Worrying a lot, as I look back now, you say, how far back? Well, I'll give you a little lesson here. I was alive, I'd been alive for nine years at 5555. I was alive in 6666. I was alive in 7777. I was alive in 8888. I was alive in 9999. I was alive in 101010. And I was alive 22222. That's a lot of alive, isn't it? But I don't know about you, but I worried about a lot of stuff as I look back on all those, all those days and all those years, I, I worried about a lot of stuff that never, ever happened. I've worried about what people think. I long since have left that, left that game. I, 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 I worried about what people said. I, I even used to worry about what I've said. Did I say the right thing? Did I say it the right way? Should I have said that then? Should I have said it to them? Oh, boy. I worried about job interviews. I've worried about deadlines. I've worried about budgets. I've worried about bills. I've worried about expenses. I've worried about gas and oil prices. Not all this stuff. None of you have ever had that, I know. I've worried about war. And I've even thought of, I've never worried about it, but I've thought of the end of the world. Because we're always told, well, don't worry about that. That's not the end of the world. So I'm not going to go into real detail, but let's just say too much time wasted Worrying. I wonder how many can join me with that biography. Like you and the rest of the world, come on, let's all be honest, I've wasted my time worrying in this life about all kinds of stuff. I've worried about first impressions. I, I've worried, but boy, not much, about political correctness. <laughs> I've worried about identity theft. I've worried about the contagious infections. I've worried about all kinds of stuff. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I'm still alive. My bills get paid. I have plenty of food, a house, a car. I have three great-grandchildren. Yeah. And four super grandchildren. 
one on the way, and two sons, and the daughters-in-law, and the granddaughter-in-law, and a grandson-in-law, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and a wife. <laughs> Let me just say it. Let me just say it. Worry is crazy. And I'm going to prove that. Worry kidnaps your brain from normal thinking. Worry hijacks your mind. Worry, do you know that the word worry comes from an old English word? This is so interesting, meaning to choke or to strangle. You can look it up for yourself. Even if you just Google it on your phone, you'll find that's where it came from. If you're taking notes, get that down. I don't have it uh, for you to write out any other way just but what's on the screen. But if you're taking notes... Write that down somewhere in your notes or outline. Worry means to strangle. Mm. Worry strangles what? Your thoughts. Mm. Worry strangles your mind. It consumes your mind. You get to a point, if you're worrying, where that's all you do is worry about that thing, and it consumes your very mind. It smothers your mind with anxiety. It, and anxiety and worry, contrary to what some people say, are not the same thing. It'll, 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 it'll consume you with panic and doom and stress and a poor attitude. And you know exactly what I'm talking about right now, don't you? The Bible doesn't just give a soft, sweet, sugary little lesson on worry. Matter of fact, it doesn't even give a suggestion or a recommendation. The Bible, get my word, commands us, commands us not to worry. Jesus, who's our ultimate example, amen, on everything, amen? Here's what he taught us. Worry is one of the most ineffective pastimes that we could do. Not one, he said, not one single hour is added to your life by worrying. We cannot talk about rest or sleep without confronting worry. Worry is often the main reason we can't rest. It stalks us down and it holds our minds hostage. So I'm going to ask it again. What are you worried about today? Are you a worried man? Are you a worried woman? Are you a worried parent? What do you worry about? You worry about the greater society? It isn't a mess. Do you worry about the global insecurity and the looming Third World War? Do you worry about the future? Or maybe you worry about the past. Or maybe you're worrying about the present. I know, you're worried about mankind destroying the planet. Mankind is not going to destroy the planet. God made the planet. 
And when God wants to rearrange anything on the planet, as the Bible says, he'll do that, and he's going to do it in his own due time. And these people that go all over the world talking about, well, if we don't just stop doing this and we don't do that and we do this a different way, we're going to destroy the planet. That's what worry will do to you right there. It'll send you crazy. Oh, you're worried about medical issues. I got this test and I'm waiting on lab results and I have another appointment and I was feeling bad, but now I'm feeling worse. And I'm worried. I heard somebody advertising some kind of supplement, some kind of pills the other day, and, and the lady said, well, first, because she wanted everybody to know she was a Christian, I guess, she said, first I pray, and then I take these pills. And so I said to my wife, well, if she's praying, why is she taking the pills? Or you should do it the other way around. Take the pill and say, pray that it'll work. Uh, first I pray. Then I take the pills. Think about how ridiculous some of our reasoning is today. What are you worried about? Your marriage? Your children? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about a job? Are you worried about your education? Well, I don't have enough. I don't know whether to go back to school. I don't know whether to do this or do that, left, right, or center. Are you worried about finances or lack of same? What about sleeplessness? That's a sure sign of worry. Oh, Bob, I just can't sleep. Some people count sheep. You ever thought of that? But Dr. Bob doesn't recommend that. He recommends talking to the shepherd. Are you worried about your faith? Are you worried about your Christian walk? What kind of a testimony am I? What kind of a, of a message are people around me getting? Are you worried about consistency? My favorite word. Are you being consistent? Are you worried about your anger issue? You should be. Are you worried about depression? Are you worried about hatred? Are you worried about your personality? Your security, your safety, your destiny? Are you worried it will snow? And some of you are worried that it won't snow? And are you worried that your boyfriend might come back? Or you're worried that he won't come back? I don't know. Are you worried? Worried. Worried. You get the point. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about this. I put in for a promotion, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just worried about it. Or, or are you worried that you will get it? Worry, 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 worry. What? is strangling you today. And by the way, if you're listening to what I'm saying and trying to listen, but you're really being distracted for, by and for whatever reason, that tells me that you're a worrier. Because you just can't take this right on, face on. Worry, worry, worry. It strangles the peace and purpose out of our lives. You only live here once. Don't worry yourself to death. Now, why? Why not? Why not worry? Well, here's some reasons. First, it's not good for you. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 25, we're going to read it from another translation, okay? We're going back over to the NIV, the New International, and we're all going to read this one together. This is Proverbs 12, 
25 staying in the same chapter, same verse, same text. Come on and read it with me. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. There again, you got the two directions, don't you? Worrying's not good for you. And it doesn't get any more practical than that. I mean, if I didn't say anything else, and just say, don't worry, because it's not good for you. Why shouldn't you worry? Because it's not good for you, then it must be bad for you. Oh, you're right on your game today. When you worry, it affects you. It does. Let me show you some ways it affects you. First off, it affects you mentally. See, when you worry, your mind doesn't mind. Your mind isn't in the right place. Worry can make you anxious. Put fear in your heart. Worry can paralyze you, literally. Worrying can stop you in your tracks. And in a way, that's a scary proposition. But worry negatively affects you. Now, there's another way that it affects you, and that's emotionally. I don't suppose anybody here has ever noticed that or ever experienced that. But you get down. You get discouraged. Your, your mood radically changes. <laughs> and it hijacks who you really are. People don't see the real you because worry has you in its grasp. All because you're worried, your emotions are out of whack. And, behind, and, and, and all over the place, your, your emotions are here one minute and here another minute and here an hour later and here the next day and back over. And you're just an emotional train wreck. Because you're worrying about something, and chronic worry can cause deep, here's the next step, depression. Check this out. Do you know that antidepressant prescriptions and physician care accounts for nearly $35 billion a year in this country, revenues to pharmaceutical companies and to providers? I think it's much higher now, really. These are older statistics. Antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications rank fifth of all the drugs prescribed in the USA. I wish it had been broken down further. I'd like to know how many Christians are using them. Say, I have to. That's the only way I can keep going. Fine. I'm not your doctor. But if you see the progression here, and if you see what worry is, and when you see what worry does, and you see where worry leads, it might help you a little bit. Just help you, that's all. Now, worry will seriously affect your actions, your reactions, your reasoning ability. You can't reason properly. You can't reason with a clear mind. So emotionally, you get wrapped into this ball of different emotions that you don't want to happen. And then spiritually. You see, God wants us to be spiritually healthy and to be whole. I'm going to repeat it to accentuate what I'm saying. God wants us to be spiritually healthy and to be whole. W-H-O-L-E. 
And I can prove that in 2 Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy in chapter 1 and verse 7. And here's what he says to Timothy. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, listen to this, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Woo, there's your answer right there. A sound mind. What else? Power. What else? Love. 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 Where has that gone from our discourse? A group of professional people posed a question to a group of youngsters, four or five years, up to about eight or nine years old, this little group. And the question was simply this, what does love mean? The answers they got were broad, they were deep, they're more than they really had, very more profound than, than anyone could have imagined, really. I just picked out a couple, a few, for example, like little Billy, age four. And he's, his answer to what does love mean was this. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know your name is safe in their mouth. That's profound. <laughs> yeah. And Carl, who's age five, every, wor every world needs a Carl. Carl said this, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. <laughs> Slightly less profound, but at the same time, pretty accurate. Bobby, age seven, said this. What is love? Love is what's in the room. Listen to this. This just captured me. Of course, his name is Bobby. That's why. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and just listen. Wow. Wow. Nika, who's age six, said this. If, this is good, too. You, you laugh at it at first, but then when it sinks in, wow. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Whoa, this world needs more Nikas. This church needs more Nikas. This community needs more Nikas. This country needs more Nikas. Huh? A few million would be nice. And then, uh, who was it? Little Chris, age seven or eight, I guess. So, so. They said, well, what is love? What's your definition? Here it is. Love is when mommy sees daddy all smelly and sweaty and still says, still says he is handsomer than Robert Redford. I got one more, the final one. I can't leave it out. I'm sorry. It's the winner. It's the all-time winner. Pass the tissues. Little, they said four-year-old. I got to believe this kid was at least six. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But as a little guy whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman. How many of you ever met an elderly gentleman or you know one? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, the man had just recently lost his wife. And 
After seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old gentleman's yard and he climbed up onto his lap <laughs> and he just sat there. A little later when he came home, his mom asked him what he had said to the neighbor friend. Here's what the little boy said. Nothing. I just helped him cry. Precious friends, I firmly and sincerely believe that it's high time for all of us to invest more significant chunks of time in lifting broken spirits, encouraging the hurting and the downhearted, and liberally distributing genuine, profound, outrageous love to as many people as God puts in our pathway. Wow. There's another reason that we mustn't worry. And it's a, it affects us physically. Worrying can make you physically sick. Worry, amongst many other things, can give you ulcers. Worrying, I've had, per, I've had people who I think literally worry themselves to death. It can kill you. They say worry is the silent killer. Worrying isn't good for you. Worrying messes up your eating. It messes, and who wants their eating messed up, amen? <laughs> There's nothing to worry about that compares to that, I'm sorry. Worrying messes up your sleeping. How many have noticed that? It messes up your job performance. It messes up your focus and it messes up your attention and it messes up your mind real good. It can cause back pain. It can cause chest pain. It can cause fatigue, tiredness, shortness of breath, weight gain, weight loss. There are people here who some of you, when you really stress, you don't eat. Some of you here, when you're really stressed, <laughs> you eat everything in sight. Worry affects our eating, causing all kinds, and it could, it could, cause all kinds of physical problems. So the first reason you shouldn't worry is because it's not good for you, and if it's not good for you, guess what it is? Bad for you. Secondly, it never, it never helps you. <laughs> this, is the one, this is what I wanted to get to. Because we're going back over to Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to take a look at some verses here that I think are very, very critical. Starting at verse 25, you can just follow along if you want. I'm reading from the NIV. I'm going to read uh, 9 or 10 verses. So please follow and please listen to the words that I kind of put emphasis on. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus. All these are Jesus' words. He said, I tell you, what did he tell you? What did he tell them the next three words? Do not worry. You might want to mark that if you're a Bible marker. About your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not, are you much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Wow. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor, the great Solomon, was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, Oh, heads up, because here it comes. You of little faith. You know, I want to just stop there. I think that might be the crux of the whole matter of why we worry. Because our faith is so small. You, and, and this is a general word of, of caution here. You of little faith. So, verse 31, next three words, say them. Say them again. So, thank you, thank you. That's twice. Don't worry saying, well, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, here's one of the greatest things Jesus ever said. Seek, second, third, fourth, or somewhere down the line, just choose one. Is that what, you, is that what your Bible says? Is that what the screen says? But seek, holler that word out, first, his kingdom and his righteousness. And all those things that I've just mentioned will be added to you. Some of you, many of you, have seen that happen in your life. Therefore, whenever you see therefore in Scripture, you always ask the question, what? What's it? Therefore. Verse 34. Therefore, what? You guys just keep repeating yourselves. <laughs> Verse 25, do not worry. Yeah, I know. Verse 31, do not worry. Verse 34, do not worry. Jesus was a great teacher of mine. Say, I don't like it when preachers repeat themselves. Then you don't like Jesus teaching very well. Therefore, I'm going to say you what it's there for. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. You don't even have the promise of tomorrow. You don't need, not one of us does here. Not one of us. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Worry doesn't help you. Worry won't accomplish anything. Worry won't get you where you need to go. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about, uh, about your clothes. Don't, just change your focus and get your mind off yourself and get it on Jesus. Amen. Verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Worry is seeing through blurred, unfocused lenses. I have that problem all the time because I have an eye that is completely blurred. I can't read with it. I can't tell who's who. I sometimes don't even know if light is on in the room. And, and I'll tell you, an unfocused lens can be a real headache and a real, a real frustration. 
But what we have to do with our spiritual lenses is get them focused in so that we can zoom in on Jesus, get off ourselves, and get focused on him. And things will start to make sense. Worry is very distracting. It hijacks, it kidnaps, it steals your mind from thinking about what, what it should be thinking about. Thinking about how much more time you'd have to do. Just think how much you could get done. How many things you could accomplish. How many places you could be. How many people you could meet if you never worried. It just eats up the clock. I like the story I read one time about a CEO of a big company. He was always worrying. Worrying about the bottom line. Worried about... HR, worried about competition, worried about what people thought of his decisions, blah, worry, worry. And when you're a CEO of a big outfit, I'm sure that really comes down hard and it bears on you and it, and it, and it mm, can be awful. So he's talking to one of his colleagues one day and surprisingly he said this. He said, guess what? I, I didn't know what was coming. He said, well, the CEO said, I fixed my worry problem. I don't worry anymore. Wow. Buddy said, what did I just hear? How did, how did you do that? He knew this guy. He was a great boss, but he was a big-time worrier. He said, how did you do it? CEO said, well, I hired a professional worrier. So I write down all my worries, and then I get them to him, and he worries for me. The colleague was astounded. He said, that's crazy, man. How much does that cost you? Without even a, a moment's hesitation, the CEO said, oh, about 250000 a year. Whoa, whoa. And the buddy said, I can't believe that. That's astounding. How on earth are you going to pay for that? And the CEO said, I have no idea. That's for him to worry about. <laughs> no, but when I read that story, and I thought, well, I, will I share that or not? And then I thought, I'm just going to say this to the people. Wouldn't that be awesome? Huh? Just have somebody take the worry for you. Because worry is, for me, worry is so, it doesn't help me. It's never helped me. And it's so distracting. And it's also too consuming. Man, man. Worry isn't good for you. I mentioned that. It smothers your mind. You could do a million other things instead. And it's paralyzing. That means it halts progress. Not good for you. It doesn't help you. It never has. It never will. It smothers their mind. You could be doing a million other things, but, 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 but worry slows down or halts all meaningful progress in your life. You say, well, I made it, and I succeeded, and I got there. Whew, a lot of sweat, a lot of toil, a lot of worry. And I just want to say, well, just think of how easy it would have been and how far you could have gone and what it 
might have turned out like without all that waste. Here's the third reason that you shouldn't worry, and that I shouldn't either, and I'm going to preach it to all of us, okay? It's because God's grace is available. <laughs> My friend, God's grace is still available to you and to me in complete abundance. In our house and houses that we've uh, been in over the years, we have a plaque that hangs on the hallway, in the hallway. It's been there many years. And it reads, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. Confession time. Okay, I'll come clean. I have stood beside or under that plaque many times. Hasn't been that many days ago where I was just arrested in my thoughts and I stopped right there and I said, i got to take another real good look at that saying. I've looked at it a lot of times over the years. There have been some days I really needed to hear that or see that. There were days when it was a great reminder for me and a real encouragement and a great boost. But friend, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. Don't be afraid to take that next step in the will of God. Because if you do so, the grace of God will keep you all the way. You can never go down a road where God isn't with you. God's got you. Please let me drop just three or four more great Bible reminders on you. Psalm 55, 22, note takers. Matthew 1, well, I'll, get, I'll come back to Matthew. Uh, Psalm 55, 22, some of you are very familiar with it. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Never, never, never. Never. And then there's Matthew 11, 28 to 30. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. We can't sleep. We don't have rest. We can't put this out of our mind. And he just said, come to me. Come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome verses. Cast your care. What's your care? Your problems, your worries onto the Lord. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're just worn out and you're down to nothing, he'll give you rest. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Remember that. Some of you are trying to carry things in, in, in life that... Uh, let me just say this lovingly. Some of you are trying to carry things in life that you're not designed to carry. So, Pastor, what do I do? What do I do? It all comes. Just give it to God. I found this out early in life. There are a lot of things came into my life. I wasn't designed to carry them. Tried, tried to. I had it all figured out. And then Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication or petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, in verse 7, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here, that's the solution. 
the antidote, the remedy. Instead of worry, pray. Instead of worry, worship. Instead of worry, bask in God's grace. Instead of worry, trust in God's Word. Instead of worry, rest in the blessed assurance. Hmm? Why do we spend so much time, you know this, uh, you know this little phrase? Pacing the floor. Pacing the floor. Pacing the floor. I think Pontius Pilate paced the floor a lot. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Why? Now, now. I'm still thinking about that song, A Worried Man, and I'm thinking a worried woman. Hear this. Picture somebody who is just struck by worry. And they're pacing the floor. Let me say this before I close. My king is seated. He's not pacing any floor. He's not anxious. He's not nervous. He's not unsettled. He's not scared of anything. He's seated at the right hand of God Almighty. He's not pacing the floor. He's not even standing. He is ready. He is seated. He is secure. And you can be too forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Oh, 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 oh. Dangerous extremes. A worried man. A worried woman. A worried mess. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we can gain strength from the fellowship we enjoy with one another, and we thank you for it. The time of worship, the time of prayer, the time of reflection, time of decision. But more than anything, Lord, as we go into your word, and as we go there with open hearts and clean uh, uh, ideas and, 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 and a proper motive, Lord, we can come out with such courage and such challenge. Such, we, 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 we just are ready. We're ready for that next thing that would obviously cause us worry, but we're not going to worry because we're going to give it to you. We're going to hand it to you. We're going to pray. We're going to be in your word. We're going to do what we need to do. And so as we continue in prayer, I just want to ask anybody that's here today, if you're worrying, you're worrying about physical stuff. You're worrying about spiritual stuff. You're worrying about family stuff. You're worried about financial stuff. Whatever it is, would you just take the next 30 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever, with your head bowed and with your spirit lifted towards God and just say, God, I release all this. I release it, and I want your Holy Spirit to take over and to show me your peace and your grace and your victory. While it's quiet, while people around you are praying, while we're all just asking God to do his work in every heart, will you do that?